Welcome back after a longish hiatus. As we realize more so the realities of schedules, everyday life and work, the need for shared spaces just to talk and decompress becomes even more important. For most Indian parents, schooling figures on top of the parenting pyramid. It's the decision that sets the tone for what bulk of the childhood experience is going to be. Schools are a microcosm of the mindset of our society. The challenges brought by increased peer orientation is something that our parents never thought about. Children these days have started looking to their peers rather than their parents for direction. Identities, values and codes of behavior are being shaped within this context. How are parents supposed to navigate social structures and academic curriculums that have not really responded to the needs of our children in the times we live in? we've gone through the conventional schooling methods when we had children um obviously these have been very well thought out decisions that we've made that was apparent through our first two conversations how is it that we decide to let the world in because we have no control over school and what happens there so much uncurated content coming in how does one make that decision and where is that decision taking you as parents wow big question what do you want to say yeah, about got stuck right in your your um now getting started with the school system with your child right just yeah. getting started jahan's in 5 he's 2 and a half now so we are just getting started and uh, you know i i don't have a clear answer priya at all i have a feeling that what i know and believe now is going to evolve a lot um i'm very clear about certain things that i don't definitely don't want a structured formal traditional learning environment for him where he's beaten into his abc's and 1 2 3's too early you know too outcome oriented too soon i definitely know i don't want that for him but at the moment where i am interestingly is that i did put my son in a montessori which was a couple of hours and i i loved the i loved what i'd heard about the school from people i didn't want to go down the road of over researching you know this is regio this is montessori and you know just just crowd my head with too much because ultimately at this age i think what children need is a lovely playful environment uh lots of playful uh stimulation and adults that they can form an attachment with an environment that they can own and trust and access to opportunities that through which they can then build their own choices and say okay i like music or i like cars or whatever right that freedom i somehow felt that this particular montessori that i had him join would offer him that but you know cut to 3 4 weeks into him going there we had a very unfortunate incident where hmm. the ratio is so large in the classroom the it's almost 1 is to 20 uh which we didn't know about actually yeah i i i had no idea it's going to be such a huge ratio i was for some reason i was under the impression it's much smaller because the ratio is so large very very shy introverted children like jahan kind of fall through the cracks often right mm. and somebody took off his diaper one of the helpers took off his diaper assuming that he's toilet trained and typically most other children would have just either protested and said no don't take it off or they would have eventually peed in their pants 
and people have no, would have known that this child is not toilet trained but our little boy decided to that day hold his pee for the rest of the day nobody noticed that this child had not gone to the washroom nobody noticed that his diaper was off when it was not supposed to be when he came back home his diaper was off and i was quite surprised and for the next 12 hours till midnight he did not pee he gave himself an infection mm. and he screamed he didn't let anyone come near him none of us could come near him none of us could touch him it was a nightmare and i couldn't figure out what was going on until afterwards right. that i kind of unpacked what had gone on his diaper was kind of taken off forcibly and things like that and then he mm-hmm. had to be given a uh, local anesthetic and when the pain the pain stopped he had he could then pass urine it was a nightmare and then the next day i kind of went to the place and i realized that this isn't a one off okay this is a one off thing where someone mistakenly thought he's potty trained and took the diaper off but i think it's a systemic mm. issue it's much too large a classroom one teacher to 20 toddlers is is 25 toddlers is is too much yeah. and this child did not say no this child did not ask the child this did not even be right he just kept quiet and that day i realized that i think i need to think a little bit about who he is when i choose a school for him so it's not going to be about the school it has to be about my child and what kind of environment he might need to feel a little bit more confident he's extremely extremely quiet and withdrawn he takes a lot of time to open up at home he's the safest so he is unstoppable and he keeps talking but outside he will not me- make his needs known at all and then actually just within 2 mm. weeks we uh, we had more mm. conversations with the school we found out more stuff like they only get 20 minutes of play time in a day outdoors which was a huge no for me uh, i think all of this i wish i'd researched a little bit more i just didn't want to research over research school so i just went with the word of mouth and we, this was a good learning lesson for us because uh, we then decided to pull him out and now we've put him in mm. a different space which till age 6 is play 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 outdoor play 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 the ratio is about 1 is to 7 there is no focus i mean there is no hard press focus on this is when you will learn your alphabets this is when phonics will come this is when numbers will come this is when you will start to read so it's a possibility that by the time he has to join big school he may not know how to read and write his name like most kids his age in traditional schools would but i think knowing his personality knowing his temperament knowing how much time he needs to be able to trust people around him to be able to bloom and to be able to own the space i think this is the space that we've now found for him but it took a very rude shock it took a lot of re-researching and unlearning to then say no we don't go with the most popular school mm. we go with the one that might suit our child's personality mm. and i should have intuitively known this but you live and learn okay. <laughs> so now he's going to join this other play space mm. uh, where he'll go from well, 10 to 4 it's going to be a long day but i think the philosophy is much better aligned at this place so yeah hard lesson learned in the first month itself so my philosophy is still evolving i'm very clear that i don't want to meddle too much with what the school is doing i want to make sure he's safe emotionally and physically uh, and i want to make sure that he's able to he has the freedom and the safety to communicate what he needs uh, other than that i don't want to be a helicopter mom who wants to know everything about what my child is doing i don't want to be in constant touch with his teachers i i want to be able to trust the place that i send my child to and that it's play based means everything to me i i don't care if he doesn't know his alphabets and his numbers he should be happy so yeah
that's where I am right now. What about you, Gunjan? Hmm. Uh, I know it's been quite a journey with the twins. Yeah. So I want to just start by saying that what I've recognized is that there's a huge gap in what I want and what's available, and that I have to deal with whatever's given to me. Tara and Tosh started school when they were two point eight. Till then, they were pretty much home, playing, exploring, and then we found a very child-centered play school in Delhi. This is run by Mahima. She's the founder, and she's a friend. So it was a lovely place for Tara Tosh. They were there till they were four. We kind of keep pushing Mahima to keep them there for a little longer. So they did their KG till there, and then we decided because it was twenty twenty and pandemic. After that, we are going to do homeschooling, which also turned out to be a bit of a, I don't know, disaster maybe because uh, maybe not a disaster, but definitely very challenging for everybody involved. So we were doing. lessons we were also doing visits to say museums or parks or going for different uh, storytelling sessions and activity based classes and things like that trying to make it a good mix but i felt very unsupported and i felt that this was something that i am not ready for uh, romit and i felt that we were actually creating a vacuum for our children they were not seeing other kids as much as they would if they were in a school because while our kids were at home other kids were at school so it's not like when they went for activities or went to the park there were there was any social engagement with other children of their age or just children so when i think we yeah last year was it no 21 2021 in they were admitted in in a mainstream co-education school which is a cbse school in our country we have cbse of course we have the state boards we have cbse icse and now we have the cambridge university so we have the ib and the pyp programs for the primary years we went with cbse not because it was a choice but because that was all that was available to us when we started school they were put in standard 2 straight into standard 2 they had never done hindi as a subject and writing they, they were not writing as much so all of this was shared with the school and we suggested they they start with a lower grade like in first standard or something which was discouraged they said oh well till fifth standard all the kids are promoted and you know they are not going to be with kids of their age and that's very important right now taratosha youngest in the class some of their skills are still developing they are having a very difficult time because they have to catch up with other children who are writing faster you know identifying big words in hindi and some of the things are just very very hard for taratosh it is very hard for us too because for many reasons of course but one of them being that tartosh are not happy they are not involved and for so many years that i protected them and kept them away from the stressors 
of a school life i am now a part of that system and i think it was unavoidable it was something that i cannot control and now i am an extension of that school system so even if i am trying to emotionally provide for my children or be there or listen to them this is where they have to go if not in second standard or third standard in seventh standard in eighth standard i know they'll be perhaps better emotionally prepared or emotionally developed when they're in eighth ninth standard to deal with such stresses but uh, we we couldn't have waited till then homeschooling just wasn't working out for us we were too into each other's faces and that wasn't working for for us uh, there was very little support to do homeschooling so we are left with very few options and uh, cbse as a you know as a curriculum or as a board is redundant they have the worst kind of curriculum anybody can have right now um and everything comes down to the school but this is a like you said bakul it's systemic there are 40 kids in one class there are teachers who are overworked underpaid schools don't have enough finances to bring in say a special educator if children are struggling or occupational therapist so while there is inclusion on paper or there is all of this stuff that's written on the paper but there's very little of it implemented in our schools i have worked in schools in fact most of my work as um as a counseling psychologist or clinical psychologist have been in schools and i have worked in some very good schools with different boards so i've worked in schools which have icse igcse cambridge board there's a lot more room for inquiry and curiosity building critical thinking but in cbse <laughs> there is very little of that so right now i'm struggling my kids are struggling but i still think we are doing fine uh it's helping me change a little bit of my own you know assumptions and thoughts i had in my head when i was when they were smaller and i wanted this and i wanted that and i wanted to create this and i it's i don't have that control it's about dealing with that it's about learning to deal with that and settle with that that this is what it is this is actually a small part of what the world is out there where people tease each other where we talk badly to each other uh where we are bullied so much is normalized so much of all of this is normalized um and i really can go on and on but i'll stop here uh, and just say that this i know is how it is for most parents just getting an admission into a school is very difficult and once they are there the reality of what it is in schools is even harder to deal with and then when we need support extended support like counselors special educators occupational therapists or even kind empathetic teachers we do not have that and asking for something like this is also i'm not sure if i have that kind of an agency and just recognizing that i do not have 
any agency in my child's schooling and uh, hours that they spend at school it's a little defeating but i'm i guess i'm willing to take it in my stride this is something that uh, i have very 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 strong thoughts on the whole schooling thing has been something that i have given a large part of my mental space have given so much of myself into this thing and the last time we met actually amartya who's sitting in the studio with us today uh, said something that was truly life changing and i know i brought it up with you guys and it it was something he said that uh, he was editing a podcast and the guest said there are no young children with learning disabilities it's teaching disabilities that's the only thing that people need to realize and then that just kind of changed everything it flipped a switch in me like nothing else has in my life and i said yes because i've had two years with him during the pandemic this is a child who learned how to read by himself he taught himself how to read from lyrics on spotify this is a child who has figured so many things out for himself we have been very very lucky to find a school that the entire idea is to respect the self learner in all of us and that's the basic philosophy of the school that he goes to currently and i realized that even though i had made all those choices for my children i was still not respecting that intuitive journey that learning really is and then i thought that i went through 14 years of school and then 3 years of college and i took a year off and decompressed my life and finally found what i wanted to do and i took a year off between doing an honors in history and i had deferred my admission for a integrated ma and phd at berkeley and then realized shit i don't want to do any of this during that year off and i thought to myself that why did Uh, of course there was a lot of blame uh, involved i said you know if i had different parents maybe i would have found what i wanted to do with my life a lot sooner and all of that but i took that year and i said that okay i'm going to you know go into the arts and do all that's where that's the year i met my husband and all of that and i feel like if i took so many years does my son also need and, and my daughter also need to go through that go through awful years of being educated quote unquote and just ruining you know whatever of their life they, i don't think i look back on those years particularly fondly other than the friends that have been made but those could have been made anyway i i really really feel like, like that and those years that school put you down for being the naughty kid or the kid who wasn't interested in the mainstream stuff who didn't get all a's and all of that i was that kid i got 36 in my 10th board in math and my parents were like yes okay it's done you know and and then you realize there's so many children like that and when you said fall through the cracks yes that's what happens 
not only happens to the quiet ones but it happens to the naughty ones it happens to our system is built only if you are an a grader who's fallen in line and and for everyone else it's like okay you're just along for the ride finish this and maybe you will find yourself at the age of you know 20 or something if you're lucky and now with the kind of exposure our children have i feel like they're so self aware now so they must be thinking like my parents are horrible people if they're making me do this and even in the freest most you know liberal structure there is hierarchy which which comes with education and which with any form of education that hierarchy causes problems because even if you say i will respect the free thinker you don't because you want that hierarchy of the teacher and the student maintained at all costs and so i said that you know why and they are not going to be they'll say that you know we want to be like your parents and all that that's all rubbish they're not going to be they will come with predisposed biases they will come with favoritism all of that is just being human also but my question right now i'm in that after you know certain experiences in the freest most like alternative structure being like do i need to put my kids through this really because they are going to find themselves my son has shown the fact that you know as a 5 year old he can teach himself how to read nobody needs to teach him do i need to fall in line and send him to school i remember as a 3 year old we had gone for a holiday he met a child and the child said that which school do you go to he looked at the kid and said you do school is a social co- construct i go to school to meet people nothing else and then this is a 3 year old and he had figured that out for for himself because they were not learning anything they weren't because that's what his school does it, it's a free progress uh, structure so it has really really made me introspect because i have gone through such highs and lows in this entire thing of do i want to do this to my child and i can say that i have the luxury of taking decisions like homeschooling or unschooling of you know exploring these things because i'm at home with them and because this is and and so this is just from my perspective but even in the freest most idyllic situation you are still causing stressors for your children and that just comes with structured learning i wanted to ask both of you that how much of who you are is because of your school and because and how much of what you have become your thought process has been developed because of school and why do our kids need that like you know we've seen siblings and all blossom much later on in life and why do we think that for ourselves to why do we need to send our kids to school i have an interesting journey i've had an interesting journey with school and with education and academia in general i'll try to keep it short but 
I, I, I had ADHD and it was obviously not diagnosed. It was diagnosed only when I was an adult. But throughout my childhood, I really, really struggled with the ADD part of ADHD. I remember my teachers would call me, it was a Punjabi word, Gawachi Ga. It means uh, a cow that's just wandering, <laughs> daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my notebooks would never, ever, ever be in my bag. I could not remember how to pack my bag. I did not, for the, and I'm saying class eight, class nine. I did not know how to pack my bag properly. I would never be able to complete homework. I would never be ha- have a complete classwork note, you know, notebook. I was always hiding from teachers when checks happened. PTMs were the most dreadful times of my life. Uh, maths and sciences were put particularly painful for me. Languages, thankfully, I was very good at. So that would make up. But still, when it came to, you know, what we call now as executive functioning skills, skills of learning, organizing, planning, reasoning, uh, structuring, children are actually thrown. I I realize now that I was really thrown into this organizational, this demand to be organized uh, in my learning very early on. I think my mom stopped teaching me because my sister was born or something by about, by the time I think I was in class two or three, I was on my own, mm-hmm. completely on my own. Mm-hmm. And my brain structures just did not support that kind of thrownness, right? I, I could not mm-hmm. understand what was happening in class. I could not pack my bags. I couldn't do anything really. And the resourcefulness that the child in me could, was able to access mm. to support my own self-esteem was that I absolutely overcompensated with extracurriculars. So I was mm. an excellent sports person, an excellent musician, excellent dancer, excellent actor, excellent everything else that you could find in school. I would make sure that I put myself there. Nobody told me. My parents didn't push me. Not at all. Intrinsically, I think I knew that uh, this is where I will feel fully alive, fully respected, fully resourceful. So I was into gymnastics. I was into athletics. I was into singing, dancing, writing, writing poetry, speaking, declamation, debates, and whatever was happening in the school, I was there. And I pushed myself to be the top of everything. At that time, I thought, wow, very ingenious. I mean, later on in my life, I thought, wow, very ingenious and creative. Now I feel a little sad that I had to push myself through all of those things that I had to be the top of so many things so that I didn't feel terrible about being such a bad student, right? So in my school, which was a very traditional CBSC school, the great thing was that even if you sucked at academics, of course, they made your life hell for it and they labeled you and they judged you. Somehow, extracurriculars was such a central place in our school that if you were a hero there, you were a hero in school. So I managed to be a hero in school and I peaked in school. So I, I peaked in school, not through academics at all. I remember my grades, 15 on 100 in math in the seventh, 18 on 100 in math in the eighth. And of course, my 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 dad didn't care. He was like, you know, just relax. You enjoy, enjoy your life, sing, dance, do whatever you want. My mom was very, very anal about grades and things like that. Anyway, cut to, I come to, I, I was quite lost, I would say. I think even the decision to do history at St. Stephen's was not at all aligned with who I was as a person. I managed to score in 11th and 12th because I found humanities, which was really appealing to me. But I was lost because academics was never my path. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I never scored. So yeah, a complete turnaround happened in my life when I discovered that I like psychology. 
and all the academia that i had avoided my entire life now came staring at me in the face and i discovered that i could actually be a good student and i had to do my i had to do a masters in psychology a second masters in psychology i had to do an mphil and then i had to apply for a phd and these were all rigorous academic degrees at very very rigorous institutes and here when i had the chance to choose my subjects own my own learning and not be judged by teachers not be oppressed by the labels that teachers had for me i was a gold medalist at tis i was a gold medalist at nimhans and i walked into tis for my phd without any trouble and from being this failure of a student my entire life suddenly when i found my subject and i found the control that i needed and i found that i had it in me to enjoy what i was doing i was the topper that i never had been and i last couple of years of my life i really enjoyed being the gold medalist because i was i always suffered under the shadow of being that failure student so i've really milked my gold medalist days the last couple of years so that's my story with academia which leaves me very confused in terms of what jahan might need and the question that i ask myself is there is no one world yeah we all inhabit very very different indias very very different worlds depending on our value systems our socio cultural background our caste class economic backgrounds right now for the world that jahan will be a part of what sort of readiness does he need i am all for the romanticization of education where i say okay you know he just needs to play he just needs to discover himself his curiosity but the reality is that he's going to be in this world uh, which is a very very harsh and competitive world i don't know what sort of a value system i need to negotiate within myself does it have to be free play discover your thing go travel the world do your thing i don't know does it have to be okay do your thing but you have to study because education is important that's how your father and i got anywhere in life um and when we go that way both nikhil and i have been part of a zero sum game system where if i didn't get the seat somebody else got it right there were eight seats at nimhans if i didn't get it somebody else would have gotten it and i wouldn't have become a clinical psychologist so i am part of that world too so i don't know which world jahan is going to be a part of um i don't know how much privilege we can offer him that he will be immune from this zero sum game world where he can absolutely have the luxury to do and be whatever he wants i don't know what the world is going to look like so i also don't want to deprive him of essential skills like being able to work hard push himself write a bloody competitive exam because that is the reality if he's going to be in india he's going to have to write a competitive exam so i to answer your question i'm confused my own journey has been so confusing uh i made up and enjoyed myself so much with extracurriculars that i know that that's going to be a part of jahan's life for sure but it's ultimately academics that saved me and gave me a career when i was lost so i i don't know and and same with my husband he was a star student throughout and studies is where he got anywhere so i'm i don't know which world he's going to be a part of so i have to prepare him for both i think i'm seeing that there are two aspects of what we're talking about here one is the school system what is what is it that we experience as uh as students as individuals part of individuals who are a part of a bigger system and the other is what we make out of it, make of it what we take from there and create our own right and uh, i went to a convent school mm. which <laughs> <Me> was <too. laughs> which was you know the thing at that time and 
we were sent there for discipline and all of that so i was an invisible kid uh, in school you know now in my when i'm for in my 40s i would say that school did not have such a big impact on my life as in it did but i would i would like to believe that i've taken the best out of there and i've moved on of course there are a lot of things that make me feel sad or make me feel like i wish i had this or i wish i had that in school but there are a lot of things that also help me feel grounded at that time for example all the million prayers that we did in a day yeah before opening the tiffin box after closing the tiffin box before exam after exam starting the school and the school it was ridiculous and now i don't even pray i'm 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 somebody who doesn't actively participate or uh, uh is an active religious person so but something about that about sitting in silence or just saying thank you lord now i mean <laughs> all of that something about that has stayed that's that's what i feel is is how i've taken from there and created my own story that mm. works for me so that is uh, you know i know that that's what you know again uh, when i work with children in schools um and uh, there's so much of school refusal mm-hmm. separation anxiety emotional difficulties mm-hmm. learning difficulties yeah. that that uh, you know i i encountered in in children and families that were struggling with this right um and and all of that in in the education system it's a real stuff uh, in whichever board or whichever kind of school you go to and it does have an impact that there are people i meet in you know in my practice who consult me and talk they talk about being bullied when they were 8 mm. for example yeah. right or when they were young and they were bullied and how that's still impacting them Absolutely. and their their relationship so this is real stuff yeah. uh, school and our everyday school system impacts us and we need a change there we need it to be different how much can we do about it i don't know because i think that collectively we need to come together to do something like that if i have say tara and tosh who i kind of enable to go ask questions from their school coordinator mm-hmm. stuff like why isn't there any why isn't there ever enough soap in our washrooms and bathrooms uh, if i enable them to ask that that's just a very tiny bit of of um bit of work that they can do they're small they why do they have to ask these questions why do they have to uh, you know uh, do the work sometimes i feel that but you know what we live in a world where it looks like we are not leaving much for the kids mm. <laughs> we are not creating something we have not be, we failed in creating something that's that's beautiful and wonderful for the kids we are leaving them with extreme climate crisis riots and religious yeah. uh indifference and uh there's this stuff that we are we are leaving them with and you know if we don't teach them if we don't help them navigate this by saying main apne ghar ka dekhunga i will see what works for me i'm going to just do my bit i'm going to take them away from school i'll create this vacuum i'll create this beautiful little world for myself i think that's not fair on the child I, I, so i think we all are doing our best but we need to do a little bit more in terms of asking the right questions and being 
collectively asking these questions not like i'll go for one ptm and say what is going on why and it has no effect so that's that's one thought and the other thought that i'm you know i'm getting is that you know as as a mother i need few hours away from my kids mm. we do not have child care systems which can provide that be it daycare systems or what are they called you know community classes or stuff like that it's reducing even more and more so if mainstream school or schools are the only spaces our children have uh shouldn't we be asking more questions shouldn't we be um uh, you know pushing the schools to try harder work harder um yeah but don't you think that in this in the current system it's almost like nothing has changed from when we were kids to they say that you know we've we've incorporated these things and that things and life has progressed but our schools are just the same if you bakula saying that for a 2.5 year old who was born in the 2020s mm. it's the shy ones are still falling through the cracks there's a problem nothing has progressed no. and i completely agree that why hasn't the school uh, system progressed in an, and doesn't matter what board or anything that you're doing the thing is that that the structured learning in our country has just not changed the outlook towards it has not changed whether you're sending them to because our mentalities have not changed so very often homeschooling or unschooling or any of that it's coming out of desperation yeah it's coming out of those parents who are seeing our kids getting bullied or something happening or something changing in your children on an everyday basis and you're just saying no i'm i'm not going to do it for myself because as an aware involved parent i cannot see that happen to my child and you know i don't know how children go through it and mine ask like mine asks questions like why is this happening and why is who sits with you for lunch time mm-hmm. so important and then i realize that you know i don't need this in my life and so you know genuinely it's been something that has been tearing me apart being like do i need the alone time that i'm getting afforded yeah. by school or do i need to do this to my you know to my kid who's getting who's otherwise you know pursue he's a kid who reads for at least 3 hours a day and this kid is being pulled by who's sitting at with me for lunch and am i feeling left out as mm. i am like you don't need that in your life i'd rather you have grown up friends who are you know who want to build different things with you want to take you out or, and yes that is the luxury i have there's also so much fear the fear that we had as children of the principal we carry that as parents ki oh my god how will i go to the principal how will i bring this up what will she say and i'm like how can we still be those people our parents empowered us to whatever extent that they could and we are still those parents who are still scared of that hierarchy we are paying our fees 
Yeah, we're, we are not. We we, have, we I don't think. Sorry, I yeah. cut you, but I think that we do not feel empowered to yeah. ask those questions. Also, not because we 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 haven't done our bit, mm. but because something has to change on the other side. Also, absolutely, there has to be something that gives us an indication that this is this is where we can go and ask questions. Mm. This is where we can mm. ask for. I don't know soap in the washrooms yeah. or you know uh, a more more secular system in the school etc uh if the principal's door is closed if you have to take yeah. appointments to do this if you have to fill up a form to go sit there and get an appointment to do this all of it comes in the way of having a conversation having a discussion around things and so I appreciate schools and institutions where where this is being brought in where there will be a monthly or once in 3 months there'll be a, a you know a conference of teachers and students and the the principal uh, or teachers parents and principal and they're discussing stuff that uh, that is a day to day difficulties for the kids and that are uh, uh, you know that the school system can change right and um, in in so many ways the surface level like you said there's so much change at the surface level because we have these terms we have these you have the language we have the language now we know what is you know what will be what is an international uh, way of educate educating we've uh, got it from somewhere and we want to just put it out here in our system uh, or our culture and uh, you know you also mentioned that as parents you know why aren't we asking these questions maybe also because like for example the other day i was talking to somebody and i said you know tosh asked me the other i was talking to another parent and i said tosh asked me uh, mama why do i have to write in a few years i'll be typing why are we writing do you write in you know do you even use writing and i said i do in my sessions i do i need to make notes but i could be doing that on oh, a, laptop a laptop or a computer or, or anything iPad, yeah. right uh, and it was a valid question to ask now when i shared this with other parents and they're like but don't you think writing is something they have to do it's a good skill to have so these are very you know these are very vague things that we have learned and we have kind of st- are stuck with that writing is good for us what does that mean what really is good for us is if we play throw and catch with with a ball or we run in the lawns or we we jump and we become monkeys and we become dragons and we become whoever that is good for us so what i'm also recognizing is that in a culture or in a system or in a in 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 a nation where playful we don't have the privilege for playfulness mm-hmm. people have to get jobs people have mm-hmm. to get uh, you know have to earn a living people have to go to college internationally to study in colleges and for that they have to get scholarships so we are talking a very alien language sometimes i feel uh, and it makes no sense to most other people at the same time i know that there are a lot lot of people lot of listeners right now who would agree with us and who a lot of stuff would be resonating with them like what we want from our education systems but like bakul but me you priya all of us i think are very clueless on how do we get started what are the kind of questions we ask how do we become a collective where we can ask these questions and uh, 
you know, maybe listeners can write to us, tell us about their experiences. It could be that in different parts of the country, things are done differently. Maybe there are teachers who are listening to us who can suggest something. That would be wonderful, right? It, that would be something uh, I'm curious to know. Um, where I stand today, it is all very, very vague. And it seems like a huge battle. So on most days, I just want to survive it somehow. Like even reaching school on time. I mean, if you are two minutes late, the bloody gate is shut, man. Like we have to then go to this late gate and put the name in that register. Oh and then God. the teacher is saying, you know, again, you are late. And I'm like, dude, yes, man, I'm late. I'm late again because both my kids were crying because they didn't want to come to school. Mm -hmm. But nobody's waiting there for me to tell them that. register mm -hmm. And they're you know, writing the name of other five kids who are standing behind me to put it in the register. And it's so, it's so defeating if we allow it to be at the smallest of things. It's very hard to stay calm through all of this. So right now, I'm, nowadays, I'm very agitated. I'm absolutely raging most of the time. There's no point of that also, I feel. It's not really taking me anywhere. So maybe conversations like these, people who write to us, listeners who write to us, stuff that we bring up, maybe we need to do a lot more of conversations, you know, support each other, figure out how to be, how to get together to ask the right kind of questions. I actually have been thinking about... Uh, People go through teacher training and there's, you know, you have to do various qualifications. But how much of that learning and that process is taking into account how the world is changing and how, you know, teachers are your first, are your child's first point of, you know, authority other than the parent. Right. And if they are not equipped, then it becomes like... Ba banging your head against a brick wall and so for the ones who have the luxury like me I'll think that I might as well just do it this at home because if I cannot change um, a, a teacher's bias or mm. you know something in their head that if I can't do it I might as well do it to, which is why that thing of let me do it for my family at least my kid will be okay mm. and as a per parent who's not averse to volunteering and all schools are so closed off to those things they're yeah. so closed off they don't want they don't want feedback there is no feedback you can give feedback that will be acted upon in a restaurant <laughs> you're cooking your child in these schools and you cannot give any feedback because these teachers will be like don't know aapka bachcha aisa hai regardless and my kids go to like the freest this is the freest school in the world i'm just thinking both, yeah both i mean gunjan who's saying that her children go to a cbsc school which is relatively you know a traditional and priya you're saying your children go I'm, to a yeah. non-traditional alternative school which is on paper yeah. as free as it can get and you're both talking thing. about the same yes. thing which is telling me that ultimately it boils down to internalized yes. cultural yes. norms that each individual teacher holds which which form a system and as a culture we're deeply uncomfortable with children asking yes. questions we are deeply uncomfortable with structures of authority being dismantled yes. 
it's it's deeply i think the the brightest loveliest most well intentioned of teachers will feel very very challenged if a child crosses mm. a line in terms of the yes. questions they ask in terms of the boundaries mm. they push as a culture we are not okay our nervous systems get very challenged when children mm-hmm. challenge us and that seeps into our schools as well if you're dealing with 30 40 children in a room mm. discipline is the only way standing in a straight yes. f- file is the only yeah. way that you can yeah. control so schools are systems of control yes, exactly. any growth that happens is inadvertent is children's own resources yes. their own resourcefulness that will lead to growth but as a system the school in india is still designed to control to f- to put in line to generate results so children are the school's advertisement right every school will have this percentage board result that many got 91% that many got 92% the school's implicit pride lies in the academic you know it's it's academic sort of credentials or whatever and for that children must be beaten straight in line and i remember when we were in class 10 12 board exam ke time there used to be this thing you know don't don't be too smart in your english right. board exam don't yes. write too smartly stick to the keywords underline stick everything ju- don't be too smart in the exam write your keywords because the person who's checking your paper could be a physical education teacher could be a history teacher who could be checking your hindi paper they will just have a key mm. stick to the limits mm. i remember that so well mm. and I, i i don't know if that much has changed still right I wrote learned yeah. through yeah. all of that. We all learned to beat the system. Yeah, I I just I just figured ratta lagao or pass ho jao. Niklo yahan se. Bilkul. That is all I did. But I why does school anything. need to be like that for our kids? It just becomes simpler, no? That way, it's simpler to control. Then it's simpler to tell. It's simpler to follow. It is just everybody is in a line. It is a factory. We are creating. we are creating children to work in factory. factories uh, no, so in work in offices mm-hmm. we are not creating children to become artists mm. we are not creating children to become uh, we are not we are not providing for children to become you know uh, anything other than people who work on a desk or who listen to instructions Absolutely. uh because that makes you know that just then we are not talking the board then we are just following and and then you're not serving the system right the larger system capitalism wants you to toe the line absolutely right? so children who want to be musicians and artists don't serve the capitalist economy yeah. they must be on the fringe then and interestingly so i worked with an international school you know so so much talk right right now about international schools mm-hmm. and the whole you know this is the next next frontier for our indian kids and all parents that i know want to put their kids in international schools and uh i mean very very controversial in my opinion uh, mm. i have not i've not debated with myself about the pros and cons but i worked for a couple of years as a psychologist in a very very reputed international school now on paper it was different from the school that i went to it was it was an ib school so on paper a lot of autonomy a lot of free thinking curiosity etc structures don't change hierarchy between student teacher is still the same discipline is still the weapon to control the school but the more worrying trend that i found and this is something i i i don't know i i don't know what my relationship with this right now is i'm too young a mother right now to figure all this out but by in that school by class 6 and 7 children already have started having conversations actually i would say class 5 6 yeah 5 6 children have already started having very serious conversations with their parents about which ivy league they will want to go to 
and by class 7 i'm not exaggerating by class 7 a cv that has to be curated to be able to apply to such schools and get into such ivy league schools starts being worked on which includes to my horror i must start 20 hours of community service in class 7 i would love to work at the local ngo with children and the local orphanage with children so that i get enough community engagement points so that my application is wholesome robust whatever other than that i must have a sport other than that i must have uh, you know be an excellent trinity level 8 musician uh, everything is wonderfully curated and sure enough all these kids go to the best best schools in the us so when the the, the years that i was there all i think there were some 20 kids that went across ivy leagues I, again i am not even exaggerating top kids went to harvard princeton yale cornell everyone gets in everywhere the applications are just so wonderful and these are bright kids these are terrifically bright kids right but this brightness is very curated right very very curated right from class 8 so sure enough now it's been 5 6 years that i left that school actually it's been more than that all of those kids are still doing the right things they're doing the mas of the right places they're now doing their good solid corporate jobs in new york or doing whatever it is that they do it's all going perfectly according to plan and i remember a part of me being very impressed when i was there i was like whoa that is brilliant nobody told me all this when i was a kid i was just making paper airplanes in class 8 like nobody told me anything and then a part of me feels very disturbed by it also but then i wonder between those two points of view between me feeling impressed and me feeling very disturbed by this trend of children becoming mini adults far too soon and school becoming just a gateway to college as opposed to all the other things that it could be um i'm wondering i'm really really wondering what sort of a world do i have to prepare my child for uh, which world will he be a part of again i'm coming to that mm. so yeah so we'll here's see. your ib international environment yeah i i said we'll see where they where they go right it's probably about walking along with our children because we don't have right answers we don't have the perfect answers and and maybe that's that's something we have to go with and we just have to walk along with them because i was also a part of so most of my working uh like i said working life has been in schools and i was also a part of an international school so funny thing right i used to do these life skills classes and what are they called i don't remember uh there's a term for it anyway so i used to go there with you know some very difficult questions and sometimes i would say things like uh, so how 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 is wealth distributed in this world so i would say like your parents they uh they are industrialists and they are like really established people and but our houses are made by construction workers our you know food travels or whatever from the farm to our our markets on the truck which is driven by a truck driver but they are paid very little why are they paid nothing and why is say your parent who is sitting on a ceo chair gets paid a lot more so we would have discussions like that and once i was you know pulled away and asked by the school school system authorities that why are you doing this to the kids you know why are you creating guilt in them why are you creating such fear around money for them and uh, we are privileged why you you know why are you making them feel bad about it so uh, so we have perfect lives and we don't want to 
you know, we don't want to question that. Uh, it gets very difficult for these kids when, say, when they are faced with emotional difficulties, uh, body issues, um, burnout, competition, uh you know, friendships that are based on competition. If they don't get through to a, a, a good school or a college, international school, college or Ivy League, uh, they don't know what to do. There's a lot of, which is why the rate of depression and suicide is so high in our country. So our schools is a reflection of what our country is, mm -hmm. what our nation is, how we are struggling in so many ways. But when I was in the classroom, all of these ideas went out the window because there are 40 kids shouting loudly. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care about being this, uh, this school teacher. Everybody keep quiet and sit down and listen to me. And all of that happened. And I'm doing that with my kids yeah. also. I don't know any other way. So when I talk about collaboration, I talk about all of these things are just things I'm talking about. I don't know how to do these things because nobody taught me because I've never experienced it myself. So again, I come back to this over and over again that uh, we need more spaces of conversations. We need more spaces of getting together, talking about how to support each other rather than, you know, poke each other and and put each other down and uh, yeah but how I don't know so <laughs> I have an interesting thought and this is something I've brought up with Gaurav many many times you have Manslow's pyramid and the self-actualized are right on top and who are the self-actualized the artists the free thinkers all of that right they're right on top now i can imagine some doctors and engineers who are listening would be like you know these people and that's where the pause will happen yeah. so you like, must you must uh, hear this so in um, in my daughter's class she's just joined nursery very very interestingly we have parents now who are teachers in Fiji and Akash and yeah. all of that. They, these are trainers and instructors and things like that. And I was absolutely shocked because generally the milieu in our school is artists and filmmakers and, you know, it's that. And there are these people who are there and they have very, it's a conscious decision to put their child in this free progress school. And I asked that, how have you been... And they're all still teaching in Fiji, Akash and all the other places and uh, some are from Kota and all. And they're like, oh, we've realized that the only thing important in a child's life is play and having, you know, f being able to be a free thinker and nourishing that. Because now we as parents know that school, toh, we'll manage on our, on our own. Academics, we'll manage. So mm -hmm. we are not bothered about so it's actually changing from people who are literally the the makers of that 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 factory those workers are saying we don't want that for our kids we've seen what it does and that's what those parents said that we've seen what it does to those kids who are you know going through coaching and who are you know doing all of this that they get out at class thing and, uh, at class 8 and then they start their coaching we've seen what it does to those kids we don't want that for us for mm -hmm. us so what an interesting thought that it's not only the artists that's the largest factory for drudgery 
and that every day you will sit in line and you will do that and those very teachers are saying we don't want that mm. we want to change it so if that is happening you know how deep it has gone mm. and how it's not only us who's thinking about it yeah and thank god for that maybe yeah, yeah maybe that will bring a certain kind of change again i don't know what change also we are looking for i'm a bit i'm a bit uh, unsure of what i'm even asking for right now because it's um, it's not that all artists and all musician and all people who belong to the you know space of arts um no i'm i'm just saying something like would india have produced a greta thunberg you know like mm. w- would we empower our teenagers and things in that way that you can actually just leave everything else but would and do this i don't know i don't know i don't you think know? so uh again are like bakul said india is not just one india there's so there, there's so many there's so many ways in which we are indians and some of us are indians a certain way and some aren't um i think our country and the challenges are very different we are we are still fighting for the basics some children are you know so a lot of times when my kids were being homeschooled and i would say that you know they won't go to a mainstream school and i don't want them to go through this and all of that i always would think at one time going to school was just just going to school was a privilege for our for my parents to send me to school and then after school i did my masters i did my mphil that was huge so i don't also want to be ungrateful and be a little bit uh, you know kind of blind to what the school or the education system gives us right it does give us jobs and people need to have jobs to take care of you know for their families and things like that so i don't want to just say that you know a blanket statement like all schools are bad and whatever but what we are asking for again when those conversations happen with schools uh, we have a huge population we have so many people that have to be put in a classroom we can't get away from that so even if there are some schools that have like 7 or 8 or 10 kids and one teacher teaching those 7 8 10 kids that's a very very small very few of us get that very very few of us are privileged to get that uh, but most people have to find you know subjects or or areas which will get them jobs which will feed their families which will pay the bills and i don't want to not see that and that struggle even when you choose that or even when you don't have a choice and you're in a school system i think what i'm asking for then is is providing a safe space for the individual in that in the in the child or the 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 you know the experience of something more than just books because maybe school is also the only place where will, where they will get to play for example or or have conversation or share their lunch boxes mm-hmm. remember how cool that used to be kon ghar se kya khana laya who's got what in their tiffin and let's exchange and let's share even maybe encouraging that because sometimes even that is not available to kids anymore because now there are whatever food allergies mm-hmm. right and uh, kids are not allowed to share their mm-hmm. tiffin uh so in some way we are getting more and more caught up 
with providing for that individual needs and sometimes i feel that that is actually a problem when we ask for these individual things from our from a school uh maybe we need to ask for something that is beyond my child should be happy only my child should be seen if my child wants to take economics with math to do whatever maybe it's not so specific what we are, what we are asking for is a you know i mean i don't know conversations which are more about how do we share how do we make friends how do we tolerate differences how do i deal with if the child sitting next to me if my classmate sitting next to me opens a tiffin box and has keema and pao mm. and i have dosa and chutney how do i how do i have a conversation or how why you know why am i closing my nose and saying oh my god that's too smelly and is the teacher saying that is the teacher showing a certain kind of intolerance towards that is there a certain intolerance that is being passed on from the teacher to the child around the surname of the child mm. or what the child is getting in the tiffin box like i said or how the child is you know uh, dressed how the child's hair is tied so sometimes the intolerance mm. is is uh, you know is is bigger than what curriculum is being taught how are how are kids talking to each other how are parents talking to their children and therefore how children are talking to each other all of that maybe is important maybe not the curriculum not so much about the infrastructure if there is an ac in the classroom for example or if the buses have ac or how much security is there in the school uh i don't know if those are important things i don't think they But are for me do you think that this is largely a problem with indian urban education this these are very urban problems yeah. this happens when your kids are picking a school when you're picking like actively mm. you know mm. like what happens in most other countries is whichever school is closest to you you public will go the mm. whole the public schools and you would just go to that school yeah, and whether system. it's the us or it's south america or scandinavia or other places in europe it's whichever school is closest to you there is a common minimum that is achieved and you will all learn how to read and you will all learn how to write and that in the indian scenario is very different yeah. we have firstly so many kids so many schools and yeah in that process of differentiation and uh, i am fancier than the other and this is fancier than the other it has you know caused this kind of like my kids go to one of the most basic schools like they sit on the floor they don't even use furniture and a lot of parents you know free thinking parents or whatever they, they'll be like they're sitting on the floor they're sitting on a rug this is not like one of the offshoots of this structure this is the the school that they go to is so incredibly basic that parents have to be okay with that that who are the kind of people that are teaching you what are they saying what are they wearing all of these because our school is completely volunteers no one is paid none of the teachers okay. are are paid mm. so it becomes like and then when my kids go outside immediately they'll be like oh do you do this and do you do that and do you, do you have these resources in your school and do you and my kids are like no mm. they don't and they don't really care because they get to play and they get to meet their friends and they get to eat tiffin together and those are the things that are that that are important so you realize that 
in essence education is just that common minimum where learn how to read learn how to write get through and it's so and much it no of longer it is you know priya yeah. i i you said that it's an urban indian problem i feel like it's an urban elite india problem yes. right the urban yes. elite yes. is yes is the very very picky category yeah. which wants school to be a mirror of the class system school should preserve the caste and class hierarchy as far as possible and i remember having a very disturbing conversation with a close friend of mine from delhi actually who said who was very stressed that her child was not getting admission into a particular school and but had gotten admission into many many other schools right very good good schools that the child had gotten admission in but they didn't get admission to this one particular international school and she was very stressed about it and i said you know what is the why so much stress i mean it's just school and the schools that they've got the child has gotten into are just as good or whatever she said and what she said to me disturbed me so much it hasn't left me to date she said no that school that i want my child to get into is the only school in delhi uh, that does not have to subscribe to the ews quota which mm. means children from economically weaker <laughs> sections the quota that is there in delhi that's the only school that doesn't admit those children so my child will not have to go to school with rickshawwalas mm. which he would have to go to if which he would have to do if he was going to the other schools he got admission in which are fantastic elite schools and i started it it, it disturbed me immensely in fact i would go out of my way to put jahan in a school mm. that is as far as possible a microcosm of society where he does not believe that his privilege is his no his privilege came to him because of the accident of caste class and other privileges that came to him but for me to for me to create an environment for him which is blind to the realities of the country that he lives in where you don't have to deal with those children <laughs> i think was very disturbing and i started speaking to more parents in delhi and these were the super rich hmm. parents of delhi and the philosophy is our children must go to school with children like them correct right which means they must go to school which has an correct. ac <laughs> the school must you know and and i realized wow the filters that each parent chooses to send their child to school there is no one best school it's what's best according to your value system and ultimately we are going to have to work on ourselves look inward and see what is the value that we hold dear Hmm. and what value do we want to pass on i absolutely do not want to pass on the value of you are better than some children because you have money or because you have privilege i mean but i don't know i mean we have to sit as parents i think we also have to turn the mirror around and see which school are we picking according to which value i don't care about acs i don't care about who he goes to school with hmm. i care a lot about for example um does he get to experience the world as it is in school school is not a place to protect him school is a place where he gets to share the reality with other children like like gunjan you said sharing tiffin boxes i can't remember a bigger equalizer in school than isn't than, it right? uh, the bigger leveler yeah. in tiffin boxes i absolutely. mean absolutely i don't remember judging anybody's tiffin box back then i don't remember them judging my tiffin box we were a big tiffin box sharing community mm. in class and now if i think back i could have made so many judgments about class caste Uh, around those but i don't know if it was a different time i don't know if my parents or the other parents around were that insecure about their monetary economic status that they wanted to exclude and create little cliques of money and no money but i i do notice that happening now 
the rich, the super rich want to be only with the super rich. And it's very frightening to rub shoulders with the less rich. And uh, that's very disturbing to me. Correct. That's, you know, like I said earlier, it's our schools are a reflection of uh, the country we are in now, the nation that is turning more intolerant and, um, you know, dividing ourselves into class caste. We, we've always been divided, but now more, uh, you know, almost like choosing to uh, stay in our lane. People who are like minded to get together, do a certain kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, upbringing for our children it, that is becoming more and more pronounced i think and uh, it is disturbing it is frightening some conversations that we have at home some things that my children bring, bring back from school fi- i find it very difficult to just to have you know what do i say to something like this like nentara said that uh, of a another friend of hers another girl in her class said that i won't be friends with you if you are friends with that girl because her mother is a maid and um that was you know very disturbing for nentara because i don't think we've spoken about things like that mm-hmm. at home and then other things like comments on what you're wearing the pencil box you have the bag you're carrying uh, how cute you are so for example my kids had never been told they are cute till they went to the school they're like oh you're so cute and their cheeks are being pulled and we've never you know commented on each other by saying oh they are so cute and all of that started happening um, you know maybe i was not ready for it maybe i was dealing with other stuff in my life maybe right now is just like okay they're growing up and that's enough for me and these conversations are a lit- little overbearing but they're important so maybe i'll keep showing up in that way having these conversations with my kids maybe that's what we need to do that just bring that into our homes and talk about this and say you know every family is different we've heard that from our parents right we've heard our parents say that to us everybody is different all families are different ye unke ghar mein hota hai hamare ghar mein nahi hota hamare ghar mein aise hota hai maybe that is how it is that we do it like this in our family we don't give phones at the age of what 10 or whatever you know that's another conversation that mm-hmm. tarosha having with me when do we have our own phones what <laughs> and i'm like you uh, i haven't you thought about that get a phone i haven't thought about that kid so Uh, I'm trying to be as honest and open about these conversations, but they are hard. And I wish that I had more spaces like these. And so, you know, meeting like this in even if you're recording and sharing our stories with others, uh, what this gives us, all three of us, I think, is this is just a space to also have these tough conversations, because uh, we need other people to have these conversations with, not just do it in our heads. you know just kind of carry the burden of it in our heads um so thank you ladies for these conversation thank you listeners also yeah. who are now getting back and telling us how they are you know there's so much that they are uh, taking back from these podcast yeah. episodes and we are very very thankful i think like for me currently it's that the push and pull of i want to do exactly what i think is best for my child in a very individual as a very individual pursuit knowing my particular child and not looking at it so much as you know the larger picture and things like that and a lot of people said that oh you want to homeschool and don't you think they'll end up being weird i said they will meet people anyway they will interact with people 
anyway it's like caring for a plant and while they are in this stage where things are confusing let me be the one actively guiding them without the outside you know uh, the comment of a teacher or that hierarchy that is there in and then set them up for life like that's how i'm looking at it saying that is it isn't it better if i do that because e- even though i have and i i don't want to feel ungrateful for you know the kind of setup we have and the the fact that they are going to this amazing school but even the amazing school comes with a lot of problems that are every school is a microcosm of society in general and regardless of how perfect the places there will be those things that will come up so uh, my question is isn't it okay for me to want to just protect them like from all of that and just be like you grow and you meet you know the people who really want to be invested in your life and you learn as a self learner and let that let whatever you want to do that intuitive journey guide you and that'll be fine and we'll deal with it on an everyday basis maybe you'll sleep for two months you know and say that that's what my body needs and i should be okay with that because a lot of people think that homeschooling is just like which board am i going to take a lot of homeschooling is unschooling unschooling for the parents unschooling for the kids and just saying that we're going to leave you and people should understand that within the alternative teaching methods there's so many distinctions there's free free progress schooling there is unschooling there's homeschooling and you have to figure out what's best for you and what's best for your child mm-hmm. and a lot of people ask us so your kids will be what high school dropouts primary do- dropouts i'm like they just won't be part of the system mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that i'm okay with it's a with- long tough road yeah priya so yeah i know <laughs> and know, a find lot your people, of people exactly, find your support absolutely and that's and i feel like that's what i'm going to tell my kids also that you'll find your people and it may happen that you'll need to go to another country or you know be a part of a completely different culture but that's i'm more worried that in 20 years it will be too hot for them to go to school in the first place so and i'd really like for the newest mother in all of this who's literally not started the schooling journey like officially you're not in big school yet you haven't started the i think you can sum it up and uh, we have two ends of the spectrum willingly or unwillingly you know thrust upon us so so some truths schools are not going to change radically in our lifetimes i don't know about our children's lifetimes we we have what we have indian society is surely changing but uh, when you look at the vector of change it's more economic i don't think when it comes to social change we are anywhere close to being an equitable or socially just society and our schools are going to be a reflection of this very fractured society that we are going to be that we are a part of and our children are part of so i think we have to be very realistic about what we are expecting 
I think back in the day, schools were the place where your child's life would be made. The, chi- the school would make or break the child's life. So you chose the school accordingly. I hope rather that nowadays parents are cognizant that schools can be structures of exploitation and abuse as well. And that you must be very, very clear about the limit that a school has in terms of the role it plays in your life. And parents can't wash their hands off of the education and the unschooling that they need to do because there's a lot of undoing that we will have to do no matter which school our kid goes to they will come back and we will have to unschool them to a large extent so i guess we have to as each each parent individually has to think of what role a school is going to play in their lives is this am i what am i outsourcing to the school am i outsourcing socialization am i outsourcing education am i outsourcing parenting so each person has to be very clear what they expect from school and to know that it's a flawed system we need it. It's a flawed system. It prepares the child for something. I don't know what, but it's a flawed system. And to maybe keep looking at who the child is, not to keep looking at the best school. But I think for me, it's who are our children? What do our children need? How do they best learn? What kind of environments will they best thrive in? They have to learn to survive. I mean, everybody learns to survive. But in these years of childhood, uh, I think we have to question our philosophy. Do we think that childhood is a preparation for adulthood or do we think that childhood is a state of of just unbridled playfulness that children get to enjoy explore discover the world on their own terms once we've decided what childhood is our own construct of childhood we can then decide what role the school will play in that journey if we're looking to raise mini adults we can send them to schools that will help them curate their applications for you know quick college admissions and we can send them to the quota factories if we think that childhood is meant to be enjoyed and our children if they feel fulfilled if they feel curious if they feel resilient and if they feel supported in a world that they can trust and if they, if they feel part of the earth at large not just part of their little homes if they feel home in the earth at large they will find their way and they will give back to the world also so i think it comes back for me at least uh, and from what i'm summarizing today is each of us as parents need to think about what we're expecting really out of this entire system. Who we want our child to be, which world are they going to go back and inhabit. Uh, It's a flawed system. There is no perfect school. So we will need to be unschooling a bit. So yeah, I think that's what I'm, I'm thinking. If you have stories that you'd like to share or conversations that you'd like to start, reach out to us. We're on Instagram at Mommy Mixtape. That's M-O-M-M-Y-M-I-X-T-A-P-E.